Welcome back to Conquering Cancer Together. This is our fourth podcast in this series, sponsored by Pfizer. I am Dr. Marianne Fregola, Chief of Wellness Services, and joining me is my esteemed co-host, Wendy Kaplan, board-certified specialist in oncology nutrition and director of nutritional services here at New York Cancer and Blood Specialists. We are delighted to be your podcast hosts, and we are particularly excited about today's episode. First, we want to express our sincere gratitude to Pfizer for their generous partnership. They truly share our mission in providing world-class, patient-centered, affordable care to patients with cancer and blood disorders in their communities, ensuring they remain close to family and friends. We hope this podcast series has expanded your understanding of various cancer-related issues. Please utilize the resources linked in our show notes to further navigate the complexities of cancer. So we want to start by defining the term cancer survivorship and then talk more about what we mean by the burden of cancer. Our aim today is to have an informative conversation about the challenges of cancer and strategies to alleviate the burden for you, your caregivers, and your loved ones. So let's get started. Marianne, can you talk a little bit more about what we mean by the burden of cancer? The burden of cancer is such a broad topic. However, it is fitting when we look to evaluate all that a cancer diagnosis brings to a patient and their caregivers. Initially, there is just the shock and rush to go to your appointments, evaluate what's going on, and begin treatment. However, over time, you come to see the impact on a person's overall quality of life and what we say the burden that we look to evaluate. Once you are given a cancer diagnosis, everything changes, even in regard to future routine scanning or screening. Essentially, nothing is routine anymore. That anxiety of what if the cancer has come back never leaves somebody. And sometimes it is exacerbated right before you are due for annual screenings or any tests for that matter. And if something new comes up, your mind automatically goes right back to a cancer diagnosis, although surely you can have routine ailments. Although with this, there are physical side effects, including fatigue, neuropathy, anxiety, changes in skin, hair, and nails, sexual side effects, and changes in overall quality of life, many times patients are hesitant to mention these things to their providers. They have a sense where they feel ungrateful about the success of their treatments, or they feel they may be complaining. But these are truly important to bring up to your team of providers, as they most definitely impact your quality of life. It also navigates what we need to do to improve these symptoms, whether it be a consultation with one of our specialists or supportive care people, whether it's a nutrition or physical therapy issue, these things are important because different treatments impact quality of life differently. Also, different correlating specific types of cancer or different specific treatments vary, such as surgery, radiation, chemotherapy, or hormonal therapy, and all of these come with a different side effect profile. Not to say they're not very well tolerated, especially being proactive in some of these symptoms, they can be tolerated very well. However, that's where this burden needs to be more open and discussed. Financial impacts are also a real issue, as we often find patients and caregivers are having to use their time for medical leave. They may have increased medical bills or income changes. And it's something that they may be embarrassed to discuss. Yes, the burden of cancer is always there. Our patients are living longer due to increased screening and huge advancements in treatment therapies. So this is a good problem, but that brings on a whole host of other issues that are attached to this life-altering diagnosis. Absolutely, Wendy. As a matter of fact, as per the American Cancer Society, 
a little over 1.9 million new cancer cases are expected to be diagnosed in the U.S. in 2023. The five-year relative survival rate for all cancers combined has also increased substantially since the early 1960s. Improvements in survival, which reflect advances in treatment as well as earlier diagnoses as well, these all lead to longer chronic diseases that require treatment for longer periods with an accompanying risk of impaired quality of life on a daily basis, as well as long-term physical and psychological effects during this period. Right. We often think of the importance of aggressively treating cancer. And again, luckily, we have so many options today. However, many patients do experience debilitating side effects that impact their quality of life, both during treatments and after treatments. When I developed the supportive care program, it was exactly for that reason. I saw what the patients went through during and after their active treatment. And again, although always grateful for extension of life, with that stability comes realization that their new life differs from what it previously was. That being said, supportive care is truly essential to all patients. So let's discuss this a little bit more and talk about our roles and our colleagues' roles in helping patients live their best lives. Absolutely. So there are many side effects to consider. At first, the first thing we think of is discomfort. However, not everybody has discomfort. Loss of appetite, weight loss, difficulty sleeping, gastrointestinal side effects, neuropathy, fatigue, anxiety, and or depression are just some of the other ailments that can be associated with any kind of active treatment or thereafter. We focus on the individual patient, not just the side effects. One of the many things that I cover in my supportive service is early integration and treatment of potential side effects, being proactive because it allows better overall tolerance and compliance, which then leads to better outcomes. So let's focus on this proactivity and having the tools to be better prepared. Education is a huge component as well. When I first meet with somebody, if I can provide education on what they can do to be more prepared, this, again, is individualized per patient. It truly serves the whole patient, and I think whole patient care is essential to to our practice. As far as supportive services, we always say it takes a village. So as you know, we have a whole team approach for support here at New York Cancer and Blood Specialists. Everyone works together to lessen these burdens. We focus on the nutritional, physical, mental, psychosocial, and spiritual beliefs of our patients. Exactly. As you mentioned, the universal goal is to lower the disease burden, and nutrition is a huge part of that supportive realm. Cancer and its treatments can bring about so many nutritional challenges, including loss of appetite, weight loss, malnutrition due to side effects such as nausea, vomiting, diarrhea, taste changes, chewing and swallowing issues, mucositis, dry mouth, and early satiety, and all of these significantly impact eating and drinking. And also, not to be overlooked, anxiety surrounding food and nutrition. And unfortunately, many cancer patients are exposed to so much misinformation surrounding food and nutrition, which subsequently leads to a deep-rooted fear that eating certain foods may make their cancer worse or progress more quickly. I spend so much time debunking nutrition myths, and that provides so much relief for our patients. All these factors can be a huge challenge in getting adequate nutrients to support a patient's needs 
at this time. You brought this up earlier, but it's such an important point to reiterate the need to be proactive. Even as little as 5% weight loss can lead to decreases in treatment tolerance and negative outcomes. Registered dietitian nutritionists are providers for MNT, which is medical nutrition therapy, which aims to meet the unique needs of oncology patients by tailoring dietary interventions to optimize their overall health, mitigate treatment-related side effects, support healing of tissue and the immune system, improve quality of life, and enhance overall treatments. I like to look at registered dietitian nutritionists as mechanics. Think of it as your car is broken, it needs to be fixed, you're going to bring it into the station. And who works on it to fix it? It's the mechanics. I feel like that's the role of dietitians. We work with the patient, with their caregivers, with the team to help them get in the best possible state to receive the treatment in its full, to receive their treatment to completion. Wendy, I just have to go back to what you said. It's such a bold statement and such an accurate statement about the anxiety related to nutrition. You know, culturally or celebratory or whatever it is, food is a huge component. And I often have this conversation with patients that, you know, the family members are so focused on what they're eating and how much they're eating and the patients can't. So having your service in nutrition as a collaborating, consistent availability to patients is so important. And I feel like that's such a huge relief for patients to hear. And the impact is just undescribable. That really is very true in terms of having it be a relief for the patients. Because a lot of times, although unintentional family members, friends, try to force food and eating on our patients, on these patients, and they're really not able to. So we, as a team, need to drill in the point that whatever they could do on a given day is good and work with that. That's right. And I tell them sometimes, I'm sorry to take sides, but it's not the patient that doesn't want to eat. They want to eat, but sometimes they physically can't. So again, having this service available is just such a great benefit. Now, I can imagine it's so difficult once you have a cancer diagnosis and what this does mentally to a patient. How can we be proactive in supporting mental and physical health? Yes. Excellent point, because again, we look to consider the whole person in the care. For example, we have a whole team of behavioral health specialists, psychologists, social workers, and the behavioral health component is so important before, during, and after cancer treatment, even just learning techniques to help you and your caregivers respond to a cancer diagnosis is empowering. Having stress-reducing ways will help tremendously, I agree, like learning how to manage anxiety and stress, navigating relationships, and coping with depression. Sometimes medication management is important as well, and many patients feel that they are maybe weaker if they have to go on medications, but anything that can improve their mental health is worth doing because that also improves the overall outlook of their treatments. They want to show up more. They want to be, you know, on more compliant with their regimens. So I think that learning to better manage anxiety and stress will only help the overall prognosis of a patient. Exactly. 
and ultimately give them a better quality of life. Physical therapy is something else that's very important to mention. Uh, Our team of physical therapists help patients address physical challenges such as ongoing aches and fatigue, weakness, all of these that can result in functional impairment. Exactly. Yep. They focus on improving endurance and flexibility and overall functional strength. And this, too, enhances a patient's quality of life both during and after cancer. I I often find that patients tell me, I want to be like I was before cancer. And it's difficult because they do get a weakness associated with their treatments. And sometimes they don't want to hear, let's go to physical therapy. Or the term new normal. Yes. But I assure them that it works, and they are always grateful once they go and they do see those physical changes that improve them and their stamina. I know many are surprised when we suggest to exercise or move um, through cancer treatment. They say, I didn't know I'm allowed to. And I think they often go back to thinking that this physical therapy image is them exercising at a gym, working out and doing something they really physically can't do, when it can simply be stretching or massage or acupuncture-type relief, heating pads, so many other things that can enhance their mobility. Exactly. It's all tailored to each patient's needs. Yeah, going back to that whole patient care, which is something that we really pride ourselves here at New York Cancer and Blood. Exactly. Even... um, I mean, pharmacists play a huge role in easing the burden of care for patients in several ways. Our pharmacists are responsible for ensuring patients receive correct medication and understand how to take them. And this is such an important piece of the navigation as well. There are so many patients that there's so much going on in their world, and they just don't know what to do or how to do it. I had a patient recently that's on a couple of different medications for hypertension. And the prescription was for one Vasotec a day, and they were taking three a day. So we really work very closely with the patient and the whole team to make sure they know how to take their medications and do what they need to do. Yeah, I think that's very important. The education component is huge. And I think the more education they get from each discipline, including those pharmacists, is invaluable. You know, they're at a doctor's office sometimes, and they're getting instructions on medications, but they're overwhelmed with the visit itself. So once they actually pick up that, let's say, chemotherapy pill, having those pharmacists go over how to take it, the precautions, maybe the time of day, it's just an extra layer of reinforcement and education that helps them do the right thing. And it's for their safety as well. Right. We have so many different things available for our patients. We have financial counselors. They're the ones that could provide the nitty-gritty on the cost-saving comparisons. They can also refer to our New York Cancer Foundation for non-medical bills guide patients to secure grants, co-payment cards, and free medications if eligible. You know, the impact of financial challenges for cancer patients is huge. We offer so many insights into the pros and cons of various insurance options, including those not typically discussed with insurance brokers, so you can make fully informed decisions about your health care. And I think overall, that's such a confusing topic. So having that resource with the latest up-to-date guidance for counselors and insurance plans, especially having it laid out, you know, what's included in this one versus that one for patients that have chronic illness is a, a really great option that we offer for patients. Right. And knowing that everyone is on your side, 
giving you the information to make these decisions. Absolutely. The other thing I'd love to mention is that we have the New York Cancer Foundation. It's a wonderful service that we have that we're very fortunate to be a part of. And the foundation can ease the financial burden by assisting patients with household bills like rent, cell phones, or utility bills. This really allows the patient to concentrate on their healing and a little bit of respite from the worry of their bills. I've heard so much positive feedback from this from our patients, and that's the key the break from worrying about their bills. Oh, they're so grateful for the support that they get. And the foundation truly has their basis on really just helping people. Exactly. Now, this is up a new and up and coming topic. How do social determinants of health play a role in all of this? Well, that is definitely a buzzword. And not only a buzzword, it's a national priority. So social determinants of health are environmental conditions where individuals are born, live, and worship, which affect a broad range of health, quality of life outcomes, and medical risks. Social determinants of health impact an individual's well-being. There are so many, but food insecurity would be one example of a social determinant of health. There are many federal agencies that have launched programs and initiatives to address these challenges. Social determinants of health have been shown to have a greater influence on overall health than either even genetic factors or access to healthcare services. We do these things here at a community level close to home. Yes, we have a lot of initiatives going on to address this very matter. Even our research studies were working to change how patients view clinical trials. Patients are typically scared of the term clinical trial. However, it's important to have a variety of people participating so we can gain a better knowledge and understanding of how to help everyone across different populations. These trials are explained down to the T to patients with a wonderful research team that we have, and the options are endless. So, Wendy, we have talked about a lot today, and in order to kind of hone in on what our point is, let's reevaluate and include some of our goals. So the burden of cancer, again, is a very large topic. And understanding that there are extra layers there available for you to enhance your care is really what we want patients to understand. Focusing on living better overall, managing side effects and symptoms to allow a better quality of life is the focus or the motto that we want to take home today. The illness doesn't define a person because we get so lost in that overall diagnosis. But proven by so many of our patients is how far people come and how, in fact, they are actually living with a chronic illness. No one can define what quality of life is for them. It is different for everybody. But what is important is that you let your providers know what is essential for us to focus on. For some, it's symptoms. For others, it's financial. For others, it's worry about what they are going through at that moment and what the future may bring. So the supportive elements in this and the disciplines that we offer will help alleviate some of the side effects, the impact on quality of life is what we really want to focus on today. Exactly. I can't stress enough the theme of that it takes a village. We're all on board for our patients. I love coming to work every day, knowing I'm part of a team that is so vested in our patients' best interests. In-house, our partners, our community partners, we all collaborate together to ensure appropriate coordination of care. We check in with our patients even when their treatment is complete. 
we make sure to route our patients to the appropriate resources to avoid them getting lost in translation. So let's continue to alleviate patients' fears. Let's continue to provide education to what we seek to do within this practice. Let's make questions and concerns a normal thing and understanding that the end result is that we want to focus on quality of life. Thank you so much for joining us today for our fourth episode of Conquering Cancer Together. Working together with Pfizer really allowed us to examine many aspects of cancer that affect patients. We hope you enjoyed it and found it informative. Please share this podcast with anyone you feel would benefit. We welcome your feedback, so please feel free to contact us via email or call New York Cancer and Blood Specialists. Be on the lookout for more episodes in the future. Remember that links to references, resources, and other information can be found on our show notes. Pfizer has a resource included, This is Living with Cancer. We also are all over social media, so please find us and like us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. And in addition to our social media outlets, you can always find us close to home, conquering cancer together.